Do you like retro games? Check out the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, hosted by Jason Robbins and Derek Diamond, where every week they review old games and cover the latest retro gaming news. Go to nerdcaveretro.com to join the Discord community. If you like the Open Micers Podcast but think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court Podcast, hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn, found wherever podcasts are given away for free. Do you believe in ghosts, UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? We are ready to believe you. Join our spirited hosts, Carlos and Wally, as they investigate real ghost videos, discuss guest experiences, and research the real-life origins of some of our favorite horror movies with a dash of Ghostbusters news thrown in from the home office. So, if you believe, you don't, or somewhere in between, join us as we try to unravel the mysteries of the paranormal on Ready to Believe You, wherever podcasts are available. We also want to shout out our other patrons, Mr. Derek Diamond and old Rob himself, Robbie Hennig. Just drop that ass, bitch, it's open micers in the house. Pop that pussy with that open micers logo in your mouth. Jason with his bald ass head, Jacob looking in bed. It's open micers, bitch, heard what I said. Drop that ass, drop that ass, open micers in the house. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, open micers in the house. Open micers in the house, open micers in the mouse. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, open micers in the house. The mic is now open. <laughs> That's right. The mic is now open. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm Jacob Craig, and this is going to be our last guest episode for the entire year of 2023. And I'm very excited to cap it off with a fantastic comic from the Austin scene. You know them from opening for Louis C.K. and Tim Dillon, being a uh, the very first Texas panelist on Kill Tony for all of the best comedy festivals in the world, including Skank Fest, it is the one and only Ariel Isaac Norman. How are you doing today? How are you uh, doing? Great. Just did a brunch comedy show here in Austin. It was really fun. Nice. So, made some fans out of a 15-year-old boy and his girlfriend and their family. <laughs> all right. All so that's where work. Austin is at right now, is, is brunch comedy shows with 15-year-olds. Austin is a lot of places. Austin is <laughs> there's a lot going on here. One of one of very many shows, but yeah, it, he was cute because he was a little white boy with an Asian family. So um, I was just like making a bunch of jokes about that and about him. So because um, I'm dating an Asian woman right now, as you might notice by her name being uh, <laughs> in the little screen here, and so. I don't know how to make Asians laugh. It's pretty great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Xbox achievement unlocked. Make Asians mm-hmm. laugh. So before we before we move on, uh, that our theme song just gets worse and worse for me every single week. Thoughts on on the theme song for from our guest? Do you not? Is it purposeful to not have any background music for that? Well, for some like reason, be... there is, but for some yeah. reason, my soundboard doesn't play nice with Zoom, and all you can hear is the the voice and not the acoustic guitar. Okay, it sounded like voice. a little. There was like a little staticky noise in the background of it, but I didn't know what. I thought that was just a glitch, yeah, but okay, not... that's maybe the background. I don't know how to fix that. I'm not that technically. Okay. Pro- yeah, when it goes out to the public, it is on the episode, but for oh, us okay. here, like we just hear the lyrics. 
It's probably just like ones in the right ear and ones in the left ear, something like that. Something. I'm not sure. I'll figure it out. One of the. I'll I'll be like 90 before I figure it out. The show right. will be over. <laughs> also, I mean, I feel like because the only rhyme it happens a number of times is house and mouth. If that's going to be the only rhyme, it should be like a true rhyme. You know, we should <laughs> maybe a few more things could line up in that song, but well, just, yeah. it's just well, house did, and mouth over and over again. He did rhyme my bald ass head with Jacob being inbred. So he did. That's he a did pretty rhyme. good okay. rhyme. <clears throat> but even then, it's like ass head inbred. Like it'd be good to have the last two syllables rhyme. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that feels better. Look, to to be fair, I um Jason told me that he wanted a new theme song for the show because we had just this like metal track that him and a friend made for years. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to our community because we've had a lot of musicians on. I said, Who wants to like make us a theme song? And they all said no. <laughs> yeah, and they all said no, except for uh, Mark Simmons, who did our theme song. And he oh, that wasn't me. one of y'all. I assume that was you, Jacob, with your little rap. I thought that no, was no. I wish I was talented enough to rap like that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what ambition? <laughs> but I um he DM'd me asking about like what kind of stuff we want, and I said, dude, just give us whatever. You can make it funny. What you do whatever you want. And then five minutes later, he sent me that. <laughs> It yeah. took him five minutes to make that. Yeah, that makes me feel better about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of his best songs, to be honest, he's a very bad musician. Oh, okay, good. All right. One of his best songs. What an honor. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a banger. It should yeah. go on the album. <laughs> um, I, w- but- I wish I could have heard the accompanying music. I think that would have really enhanced the experience yeah. for me. You'll have to listen yeah. to, the, to the episode when it drops. Uh, on gotcha. on Wednesday, because uh, he actually was supposed to do a full album's worth of theme songs for us. So we well, that could would have actually... been thirty minutes. Yeah, time. Well, no, yeah. we would have had a different one. Yeah, right. Week. But then we could have actually released it as a uh, bad theme song album and could have mm. generated some cash. But he got lazy and only sent us two. We have a rap version, uh, a hip hop version, and an acoustic version. That's all we got out of him. Hmm. You know, this is making me think I, sh- I need a, a theme song for my podcast. So maybe I should just write one. You know, I hadn't thought about just spending five minutes yeah. and pumping out whatever can happen. Well, we could get, t- get you in touch with Mark Simmons and he can make you yeah. one. He I might have to do it. I might do my own work on that. <laughs> you, you, you might be better at music than, than he is at music. Or at least better at rhyming. <laughs> right. Better uh, at writing Mark. something in five minutes. Every week yeah. he has to hear people critique his awful songs. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever going to make y'all another better song. Since this is how mm. it's going for the artist. Yeah, yeah. no one's going to make us another one. What, what's funny is we had our buddy uh, Neil Rubenstein on. And I told him to like send us a punk version of that song. And I told him who was on. I was like, hey, like Neil was in Taking Back Sunday and mm-hmm. brand new. And he's like, used to be a really good professional musician. You mm-hmm. should send us like a way better punk version of that song. And he wouldn't do it. And Neil tore it apart and it like broke his heart. Oh. <laughs> oh. I wish hilarious. Neil had written y'all a song. That, <laughs> yeah, we should reach out to Neil to write us a theme song. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's our theme song is a good snapshot of like what open mic comedy kind of is. Because it's like point. a song you would hear at an open mic is our theme right. song. Right. All right. You're setting the tone. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It just bring people's expectations way down. I've said mm-hmm. it a million times. I, you know, open mic comedy is hit or miss. 
But when you see somebody walk on stage carrying a guitar, that's an instant just like, oh, fuck this guy. I, I don't want to hear this. Yeah, that's rough because there are, I mean, I don't know where y'all live, but there are oftentimes mics that are open to different, you know, things like music, yeah. poetry, comedy. And a lot of times it's great for comics because they'll give you 10 minutes because it's tailored for people to do two songs or whatever. And so that can be great for comics. But it's like if you're a if you're a music comedian, it would be better to go to more of those because then that way they're used to the music thing and just being half forward most of the time. But then also like then if it's actually kind of funny, then there's a bonus. But yeah, doing it at a, a comedy thing. I don't know. Then again, if you're just if you're just watching 20 comics get up there, you know, telling bad jokes kind of fun if someone mixes it up if it's only one guy yeah yeah well they they know. keep it pretty separated here like the uh the, the musical open mics are pretty separate from the the comedy open mics they rarely Where ever cross over we live on the uh, mississippi gulf coast okay well maybe um you could you, you should try bombing the, the what what's the word i'm looking for but like just ambushing the music mics and asking hey yeah. can i do comedy because a lot of times they really are like, oh, yeah, sure. That would be so fun. And then they'll let you have more time. And they'll just be so entertained because they're so used to just having to sit through other people's music. And, you know, most of the time, like, we think comedy open mics are bad, but music open mics, it's like, yeah, there are gems here and there. But at least, to me, at least bad comedy is funny in the American Idol kind of way. Yeah. Like, especially <laughs> if they're not your friends. Like, I would, I would love, I don't do this but i always think about like how fun it would be to take my girlfriend and make her watch an actual open mic and like just laugh at the people you know if you can laugh at them if you're not worried about you know hurting people's feelings you care about then that's fun but with music it's like unless it happens to be really good most of the time it's like i just am bored i don't yeah. care please play a cover i don't you know right jacob do you remember once there the, the, it was an open mic here and this kid got up. He, he wasn't even old enough to be in the bar. He was like 17 yeah, or so. And, and he got up. He brought in a keyboard. Took him like 10 minutes to set up. Just completely uh -huh. brought the whole open mic to a grinding stop. Then he sets up. And then he literally does Bo Burnham for like 15 minutes. And kills. He yeah. kills. <laughs> but, but he's just room. doing Bo Burnham's material? He, he yes. was, yeah, he was doing like Bo Burnham's like special that had just come out at that time. <sighs> I mean, that's the thing is like a lot of people kind of do think that comedy is that right. And it used to be, you know, many decades ago, comics would kind of share acts. People would all kind of learn. And it was just like, eh, here's a joke. Here's a joke. So still, you know, when someone hears you do stand up and they're like, oh, I'm funny. And then they tell you a joke that, you know, is a street joke they've heard. They're like, oh, that's not, you know, that we're up here doing original material. Like we're not in that. So maybe he's 17. He probably just was like, oh, OK. You know, this is what it is. You just you do yeah. other people's acts for a while until you have your own thing. Yeah, we More never saw him. Again Hopefully, y'all slapped that, him or something after. Did anyone? <laughs> he got oh, banned he... from the mic because yeah. <laughs> he okay. did someone else's stuff. Yeah, great. <laughs> so go. he got just insta banned. He's no, he's probably never done comedy ever again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I remember one time. Um, th this was probably before I even did comedy. Like I had a group of buddies who uh went to like the. So like there's a comedy mic and then down the street on the same street, there's a, a music mic that at the time happened right before the comedy mic. So like a bunch of them just went into there and they ambushed it and were like, hey, like we're comedians. Can we just get like five minutes of stage time each? They said, oh, yeah, that's perfectly fine as long as you keep it PG-13 because like we 
it's music. We don't want anything crazy happening. And I think like, and they got like a bunch, like all, com- like all comedy banned from there because one of them decided to hump the stool. Yeah. Like literally do the most hack thing ever of like an act out of like having sex with the stool <laughs> when they explicitly said PG-13. That's why when I used to do that kind of thing and I would know about a mixed mic or a music mic, you know, that I would ask to do a set on, I wouldn't tell other comics about it because yeah. it's like, one, you don't want 30, you know, brand new comics showing up and being shitty. And yeah, then they're going to tell a bunch of fucked up jokes. Could be just racist or sex. Yeah, you know, it could be all kinds of things. And you're like, that's all right. We're going to ruin it for the rest of us. Yeah, that's that is a good representation of who we are as a whole. But maybe don't come straight out with that. Yeah, <laughs> like, warm them up. Like you don't hump the stool on the first date. You gotta, exactly. You know, you yeah. maybe do like five minutes on airplane food or some exactly. bullshit like that to ease people in. Yeah, before you just long stroke a piece of wood. <laughs> so Ariel, I think you're like our what Jacob, like our tenth person that from altercation fest in a row. To be on the show. So, what was your what was your experience at Altercation Fest like this year? Oh, Altercation Fest was great uh, as always. Um, Fun to see old friends. A lot of them, a lot of people hadn't really seen since before the pandemic, so that was good. And uh, always fun to see Mo Alexander and you know, (laughs) Boo. Yeah, (laughs) he and his woman brought their what are they possums or something? Yeah. I went back to there because I had missed them whenever they brought them. So I went back to their hotel room to see the possums. Danger. That's all, yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous to go back to Mo's hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Because I've, I've been to his place in Memphis before, so I knew what I was in for. Yeah. We, um, we did a show with Mo uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and we were in the green room, and Mo's like, you want to come back to the hotel after the show? And I was just like, you know what? I want to remember the next three days. So, no, I don't want to go back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh see i'm not even trying to you know be drinking and everything it's just i just wanted to see the possum and indeed they had what three possums with them. too many possums that's too, too it's many a, it's a few too many three too many trash can animals <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it was we... good. i'm trying to remember the highlights oh there was that one guy he had just come out with an album not long ago tall big maybe Sam redhead Miller. Sam Miller, yes. I think he was my fun. I, I don't think I'd ever seen him before. So it was he was really good. Oh, and there was another chick who claimed to be asexual, like a young black chick from maybe Atlanta. Um, she claimed to be asexual. She was so funny. Because I talked to her. Cause she was telling me about how much she likes watching dicks get hard and big. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, and then she's, she has a boyfriend. And she, what, we have this whole thing where I was like, I don't think you're asexual. But yeah. Um, but she was so funny. Just like the way she performed and like walked around the stage. Oh, I got I to look up, try to figure out what her name was. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to someone without actually... Yeah, Shining definitely give up. her a shout out. We love Sam Miller. We hear he eats pelican eggs. I don't know if that's a vicious rumor started by someone else or not, but we hear he does eat pelican eggs. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a vicious rumor. What's wrong with eating pelican eggs? That's a that's a fantastic bit he does about uh, when he was a homeless man in Olympia, Washington. Oh. Somebody did start the rumor that he eats pelican eggs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just figured I was like, maybe he's from somewhere, maybe somewhere in the Midwest. That's a, what I they mean, eat. That's a delicacy. It's nice. I mean, if you're going to have a rumor circulated around about you, I think eating pelican eggs is probably the mildest thing that that you yeah. can That have. sounds fancy to me. I love a duck egg. I love a quail egg. What's wrong with a pelican egg? Pelican yeah. sounds, you know, it sounds like a treat. 
And that's that's not even as bad as the stuff that he was doing as a homeless man in Olympia, Washington. <laughs> like, that's not as bad as like the stories he told us about being homeless. <laughs> Does Olympia have a lot of homeless people? Um, they have one less now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He's doing comedy. <laughs> well, that doesn't know. preclude so being homeless, you, but yeah. So you said you like quail eggs. Here's a question, because we, we always get in debates on this show with people about the merits of gas station food. So okay. do you eat the pickled what? quail eggs that you come across in gas stations? Because that seems like something Jacob would eat, too. Uh, I would eat that. I don't know that I've ever gotten the pickled ones from gas stations. I mean, they have pickled ones also at, like, nice, cute, you know, the places with the nice jars, with the nice jams and things like that. But, I know if I'm eating quail eggs, I'm usually just getting them at the store and cooking them myself. Like 99 Ranch. You know, I don't know if you'll have that in Mississippi. Probably not. No. Uh, Asian stores will have quail eggs. And they're pretty cheap. They're just a little. They're kind of annoying, but uh, you can just drop them. If you're making ramen, you can just kind of drop them in at, toward the end, and they quickly become, you know, soft-boiled, hard-boiled. So I'm thinking of, the like, the dirty gas stations where they're going to use the same tongs to get the quail eggs out yeah. that they've used on, like, every other pickled whatever they have. That's how they season them. You yeah, same I'm not. I'm not really into gas station food too much. I do, Thank you know, you. I do go on the road and and eat, but like, I mean, I'm bringing RX bars with me and bags of nuts, and I'm bringing, you know, or I'll stop at the store and get one of those salads that you can just in the bag shake up, and I'm just eating it like that. See, Jacob, you, know? you can eat salad on the go. Like, it, it doesn't really have can. to be. Yeah, I know. Are you salad are at you, home? unhealthy comic everyone talks about the roads so hard to eat healthy and i agree especially if you're in the south of the country and y'all's neck of the woods it sucks you're driving around and just like every yeah. billboard everything you look at it's all brown it's all meat you yeah. know anywhere you stop the only vegetables are deep fried it, it's rough but yeah. you gotta just prepare a little bit ahead of time and then you know get those salads it's better to stop at a walmart or whatever and get the salad and then shake it up and eat that than to eat whatever you know and you get to the you get to the venue and if there is food it's only deep fried garbage mm -hmm. and for one time the comic was like nice and he like went in to get me food but it was he just brought me like american chinese food just like fried stuff with right i was like there's not a single and then like do you i'm on the road don't you know i want I'm, I'm, i want vegetables like i don't know but i know you guys are all you know you don't care about your health See, i love vegetables i love to try and eat healthy jacob I tried to, uh, we, we do Patreon content every month, and there was one month where I tried to cook healthy food for Jacob. Um, mm -hmm. what, what did I cook for you, Jacob? I had some Brussels sprouts, some roasted Brussels sprouts. And asparagus, um, yeah. Asparagus, and I even made him some uh, sausage and peppers, but I made mm -hmm. it out of turkey sausage, so it's somewhat healthier. Yeah. Jacob couldn't hardly eat any of it. Like, it just it mm. ruined him for like a week. Yeah, Just, I threw up. You threw up? Oh, you're one of those like kids yeah. who like didn't eat anything novel as a kid, and now you're nope. just kind of fucked for life? Yeah, so I put the Brussels sprouts in my mouth, and I didn't know that they were salty, and the texture of it like kind of felt like a ball sack, so I threw up. How do you know what a ball sack feels like? You know? Yeah, we'll go to the next question. Um, <laughs> it just wouldn't ever cross my mind, but... Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know what it feels like. So just imagining that in my mouth. And, yeah, see, I don't yeah. even know what they feel like. But also, like, Brussels sprouts have layers that are coming off. What's going on with the balls you've been touching? You <laughs> yeah, know, if, you like, get, if you get some balls with layers coming off, Jacob, you, you need to go wait, get Wait, your checked. balls don't shed, brother? <laughs> <laughs> you have leprosy. 
It's winter. <laughs> your balls aren't yeah, You're not getting your new spring balls in next year? Yeah. <laughs> new from Manscaped. Spring balls. Um, no, I have nightmares I got, about that now. <laughs> I, I've, I haven't been lucky enough to really, like, tour out of the South so far. I've just kind of done, like, little runs in the South. And in Panama City, Florida, one time, I went to a Dodge store there. And if you've never been to a Dodge store, it's like they do fried chicken and pretty much just all fried junk. And it was like maybe midnight after a show. And I get back to the guy's house we're staying at. And everyone that's like a local comic comes in and they're like, Jacob, which Dodge store did you get that chicken from? After I'd already eaten half the box. And I was like, yeah. oh, the one that's closest to here, just like five minutes up the road. And they're like, well, stop eating it right now because that Dodge store is a cover up for selling crack cocaine. And I got violently. Mean not. Oh, oh, oh no! I got violently ill the next day. I think I ingested crack cocaine. Well, did you get a high from it? No, but I was I was puking and and other stuff too. Why would they? Why are they sprinkling the crack on the fried chicken? I don't think that's how it works. I, no, I, I don't think. Like... I think it's that. I think that maybe the crackheads in the kitchen in the kitchen cooking. The chicken are yeah. not, not as Something worried like that. about There was being... some kind of cross-contamination yeah. happening, but yeah. like anyone only ever goes there. Because I was wondering why they were all looking at me weird when I walked in and just went like out of Mike's heart and just kind of waited to get yeah. checked out. They well, were just kind of staring at me weird. I think like, they, what, what they doing? did was they probably used the quail egg tongs to get the chicken out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to, to administer the crack cocaine to my chicken. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I feel like they shouldn't have looked. At you. They should have told you. They should have. They should have looked, taken one look at you, and said, "You know what? This guy's probably about to try to go eat that Dodge food. We better tell him to avoid the crack one." This was on them. Yeah, that was cruel of you, not them, not to assume that you were going to go eat the crack. Dodge <laughs> yeah, they chicken. should. They should have, by all means, known. To be fair, mm -hmm. I also ate at the show, so they probably didn't think I was going to do it twice. That's okay. Listen up, folks. If you see someone who looks like Jacob eating at the show, that doesn't mean they're not about to go to the crackhead fried chicken place. Yeah, help, your, help someone out. Probably definitely going to the crackhead fried chicken place <laughs> to get a little extra something something before mm -hmm. bedtime. Extra oh, yeah. family meal before bedtime. <laughs> it, was, it was the spicy wings, and I was wondering why like there was such little food out in their stuff, and the guy was kind of just like, which one do you want? <laughs> I don't know. Gotta keep the front going. <laughs> Reminds me of this uh, donut shop that opened up down the street from where I used to live. Um, it just, it just, all it said was donuts on the sign. And it was there for like six weeks or so. I'm like, I'm going to go in there and get a, get some, try some of their donuts. And I walk in and they have this glass counter there. Nothing else behind, like the whole rest of the store is like kind of empty. This one guy sitting behind the counter on his phone. It looked pretty shady. Um, they had a glass like case there in the front, and inside of it was just a twelve pack of Walmart donuts. <laughs> and I mm. walked in. I'm like, uh, nope. I turned around and walked out. So yeah, that was a drug front. They didn't last too much longer. That's surprising. You think drugs would do well? Yeah, you think anyone could keep their business open? The margins on drugs are much better than well, donuts. I mean, they could have at I, least I know multiple tried. comedy venues that are funded by the the cocaine den that's in the the green room. <laughs> yeah, honestly, more comedy clubs probably should get into the drug market because they can struggle. Uh, <laughs> that's what comedy the two needs. Item minimum more should drugs. include the drugs. Maybe the two yeah. item minimum. Yeah, the options should be like if you don't want a bottled water or beer or you know, shitty chicken tenders. Like we do have weed and cocaine and Molly <laughs> in the back. 
just the whole audience orders Molly. In the future, when everything's you know legal, yeah, we're just gonna have audiences who are all on Molly watching. That could be good. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be a great show. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that now yeah. when it's yeah. not legal. <laughs> yeah. Instead of you know, there's because there's lots of comedy shows where it's themed, you know, stone versus drunk versus sober or whatever, getting getting high, um, in the middle of the thing or whatever. But like, yeah, the theme where the audience is all. I've I've definitely done plenty of shows where the audience is all high on weed, but like a theme where the audience is all on shrooms or acid or Molly or I don't know, maybe not ketamine. It's not. I don't think that's yeah. gonna be a good. <laughs> yeah, I was about to make a Matthew Perry joke, but I don't think I should. Um... I know. Yeah, cause they, it, I mean, it's it's on a more serious note. It's like I know so many ketamine has gotten so popular. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm almost kind of glad that he died of ketamine because I think it's, it might serve as a good, useful thing for people to go, you know, you might want to slow down a little bit on just like, it's okay to just do ketamine every fucking day. Yeah, I think that's definitely one that people see as like a party drug, but can definitely kill you if you take too much of it. Um, Isn't that the one, too, where if you do it too much, I, I think it messes up your urinary tract or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I can't remember the details, but it, it is like there's something like that that you'll notice if you if you take it too long, then you have to take a break. But then supposedly you're fine if you do take a break for long enough. And Matthew also had other issues going on. So it was like the combination of the ketamine, some health issues and some other drugs that he was taking. But still, it's like so many of the people who do, you know, ketamine are also doing a bunch of other drugs. And it's like, well, yeah, just remember you want you got, you know, you're, you're rolling the dice. Well, he had a horror story uh, when he was in rehab and his, his colon exploded, literally, because of all the drugs he was taking. Like, he was so backed up that, like, his, his, his colon, like, ripped, and they wouldn't take him to the hospital because they thought he was faking to get drugs. So he was there for, That's like, two wild. days just in horrifying pain. I'm like, That's Ugh. a good reason not to do drugs right there. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because usually drugs make me poop. So I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> yeah, right. He downers, I guess. They should have yeah, brought him a little something, something from the Dodge store. That would have cleaned him yeah, right out. Yeah, <laughs> a little Adderall to counteract his codeine or whatever's going on there. Yeah, you eat these quail eggs real quick. You'll get cleaned right out. <laughs> yeah. You'll get the tongs. Get the tongs. <laughs> get the tongs. I like imagining. You know, you know, like Gaston, how he said when he was a kid, he ate four dozen eggs, and he's grown to eat five dozen eggs. You know, it's like always seems so impossible. But now I'm like, well, maybe they were quail eggs. Maybe yeah. he was just having dozens of little tiny quail eggs. That's Maybe. possible. Just little egg bites. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sweet to think of Gaston with his little tiny baskets of quail eggs. Yeah. Redeeming qualities. <laughs> Redeeming qualities for everybody. I mean, I always kind of had a crush on Gaston as a kid, so I don't know. And it always like creeped me out that he was like in this town with every single girl like swooning over him, and he was like, no. The weird one who reads books and pays attention to no one else will be mine. Well, that's very, you know, you, it, what guy kind of mentality. The, the, the chase the is hunt. the most yeah. fun part. Yeah, you want what you can't have. That's that makes sense. You wouldn't understand, Jacob, but if you can have anyone, <laughs> then <laughs> now you want the forbidden food. So. Yeah, right, right. Uh... <laughs> Well, we're going to get into some uh, some open micers questions now. We're going to create a little bit of a timeline of uh, your comedy journey. So what I want to start off with first is where did you start comedy? How long ago? 
uh what what year was it when you started comedy I started comedy in Boston in February of 2014, so I'm coming up on my 10-year anniversary. Nice. Sweet. So what was the scene like in 2014 Boston at this time? Um, the open mic scene, anyway. I, you know, I, I did some shows, certainly, my, my first year there, because I moved to Austin in 2015, January of 2015. So I was there for just under a year, and it was uh, really great. It was, I'm really glad that I started there and not just Austin, because I learned a lot of, like, kind of professionalism, and, like, there's such comedy history there that I think, you know, I got a different insight into comedy than the kind of Wild West that I went out to in, in Austin in 2015. Um, but it was good. You know, people were, the only thing that I'll say is that most of the comics were pretty scripted. Um, just, you know, you would see, and everyone was hustling, you know, I, I can't really remember exactly how many open mics there were every night, but you know, something like there were probably two, three, four open mics that I know of at least that, that you could go to every night, you know? Um, and a lot of people were hustling and, and doing a lot. And, but I would see people telling the same jokes the same way every time um a lot you know where they would finally change a little bit after a few weeks or months or something and i mean i still see that here sometimes in austin don't get me wrong but um i was always someone because i was very scripted in the beginning i was very scripted and but i because i was i felt so fucking lame like saying the same shit all the time because mostly these a lot of these open mics it's just other comics and so in front of these people who i know have already heard it like i just felt like an idiot say the same shit the same way and so i would um i would always write like i kind of had a rule of thumb for myself where every time i did a set i would have at least like 30 percent new material in it um and then eventually i became you know after a couple years i became much less scripted and you know went on that journey over a couple of years um but so when i moved to austin and I was just having this conversation with someone today at, at that Sunday show. And, you know, he was saying that, you know, people are a lot less scripted here. And I was like, you know, I actually kind of think that I deserve a lot of the credit for that. Because when I got to Austin, there was a fair amount of people just doing their act over and over again, the same way. But I was always, you know, changing it up and then eventually becoming much more free on stage, much more conversational, you know, able to riff and do crowd work and all that. Um, and so I think people, because the scene was smaller from 2015 to 2019, the scene in Austin was much smaller. And so, um, but not tiny by any means and a really good scene in many ways, you know, a lot of our kind of alumni have moved on to SNL and various other great things. But, um, I think people started feeling really gay about like doing the same shit all over and over again, because they would see me and you know what I mean? Like I was like, pushing it all the time like i'm i'm really pretty prolific in terms of writing and so i would just you know and i've always wanted i'm like guys it's a new era this is not that's the past like just doing your little act like you watch if you watch the great comics like we're moving on from that like you want it to be more like conversational you know and it doesn't not, not that it has to be actual conversation but just being able to be free up there you want to be able to be free and in, in your thoughts and you know all the moves you know your punchlines whatever but even some of the big laughs you're getting are not even on punchlines you know it's because you know how to talk funny well, i don't remember who has that quote but something about like there's people who say funny things and then there's people who say things funny yeah. and being able to trust yourself that you can say things funny even if you get off script even if you you know trying new jokes out and you don't have it all worked out yet that's to me where the magic is um 
So I think Boston, like I said, had a lot of professionalism, but then what I knew I wanted was to become free on stage. But I mean, Boston was also a really great, like supportive place, I would say. It wasn't, um, there wasn't a ton of like, at least that I was involved. I I didn't see a bunch of drama or like kind of backbiting or anything. It felt like it really was a nice community. People liked each other and supported each other. And people were starting shows, kind of figuring out how to have independent shows. And, you know, everything was great. And the comedy studio was my favorite part of the Boston scene. It used to be in Harvard Square. And now I think they've actually, they moved to Somerville, but they might be back to Harvard Square at a new place. I don't know. I haven't been there in years now, but um, it was really great. The thing that I liked best about the the Boston scene is that, especially at an actual shows, um, audiences were really intelligent and well-educated and you could just make references like cultural literacy was high and so you know when i moved to austin like kind of one of the first things that i noticed and don't tell austinites this is that they're they're not as smart as they think they are they're not as literate as they think they are and so i just was like oh i kind of have to dumb things down a bit um for people to get things and i i it was really nice to have that boston where you could trust you know whatever literary reference you made or kind of art world reference whatever people would get and then i went to austin and i was like okay and also like in boston because it's such a liberal city and has such a long history of being a liberal city then it was like of course we're going to make fun of liberal stuff because that's who we are we're going to make fun of the excesses and the hypocrisies on this side of things in austin because it's a purple blue city in a red state and i noticed this in a lot of purple blue cities in red states like nashville and but you know um there's a little bit more sensitivity about that because it doesn't feel like oh this is a safe space we're all a bunch of liberals making fun of ourselves people are always kind of looking around going and especially you know pretty soon it became like who are the trump people around here are we sure we can be um, questioning liberal orthodoxies or should we just keep it tight and not um you know, not give fuel potentially to the other side. This podcast is brought to you by our mobile gaming partner, Globe Glider. If you like the fast-paced action of games like Flappy Bird mixed with the strategy of Balloons Tower Defense, then Globe Glider is for you. Making a donation to the game using our partnership will not only give you sweet in-game prizes, but also unlocks an exclusive open micers cape and helps a small indie gaming company thrive. Download Globe Glider now on the App Store or Google Play. We got to tell you guys about B-Res Coffee Company. That's right. B-Res Coffee is a small business established here on the Gulf Coast that was created for gamers by gamers. Whatever kind of coffee you like, they got you covered. Like the out-of-this-world chocolate and caramel flavored roast. Or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. You can even get your very own Open Micers Roast of Coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it, it, the sensitivity just got so ramped up after Trump became president. Like you could make jokes making fun of uh, whatever side you're on and it, it would be okay. But then after that, it was like, I don't want to make like, like I'm pretty liberal on the liberal yeah. side so i don't want to make liberal jokes because i don't want like super conservative people to think like i'm one of them 
And I'm like, so right. I kind of try to just stay away from political stuff altogether. Yeah, I mean, especially if you look like you, that's not a bad way to go. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. I can get away with a lot more. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, yeah, I try to read the audience. Like, if I do think the audience is a little bit more conservative, like, like last night I was doing a show in a South Austin venue where I skipped a lot of my stuff right now that's about, like, gender and trans stuff because I'm like, I don't think they're ready for that. They might just take the wrong stuff out of that. Um, so I just, you know, steered steered away from doing that much of that did a little bit of it you know kind of but i did the, the easiest stuff but i didn't do as hard hitting stuff because i didn't want to get fueled with that but then if it's people where i'm like this is um these are people who can think more deeply about this and actually start to question what's wrong because when, when when trump won you know i remember my point of view was okay liberals democrats everyone think that like maybe it's time to think about what went wrong here and go how did you lose to someone like Trump? Like, obviously there must be some, we need to make our bed over here. We need to clean up our room. Um, and instead what a lot of people were saying is, no, 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 we need to circle the wagons. We need to not criticize our side. We need to only say that side is stupid and bad. And that's going to be the answer to this. And I'm like, that's insane. And it has been insane. It has not gone well. Um, I mean, Biden was able to pull out the 2020 election, but, in part because of censorship from the tech companies that the blue team wanted. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a great policy. I think that that's part of what comedians are for is to help people to realize what they're getting wrong is to use humor to show like, Hey, here are the things that you're being hypocritical about. Here are the things that are your blind spots um, and helps them to, you know, it's like you need, we need to strengthen the ideas over here and to strengthen them you have to question them exactly yeah yeah i think after joe biden has gotten in office too like we're kind of back to a little bit to where how it was post-trump or pre-trump rather yeah plus because like, everybody hates biden so it's easy yeah, exactly <laughs> anyone can get on stage and immediately <clears throat> unite the room by making fun of our weekend at bernie's president yeah and yeah. so like that's such a nice thing because it was so political to say anything about trump when Trump was there, but now we were like, ah, no one likes Biden. So we can all come together on that. Yeah. I just think how united we'd be if Kamala Harris was the president. Ooh, yeah. Even fewer people like her. <laughs> right. Maybe what I think that's who we should have be the president. Like the most useless person in the country. You know what I mean? Like the horrible only horrible people should be president. That way we can all <laughs> <Yeah>. agree. <laughs> like people we all agree are horrible. Can't be someone that some of us like. Because Trump's too funny. So some people are gonna like him. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think Biden's just a joke factory right now, too, because like he he so obviously has dementia and yeah. they're so obviously just hiding it that if you just get like any joke I've ever done about Biden has been the biggest pop of my set. Yeah. Like no matter what part of the country I'm I'm in, like it's not just in Mississippi. Like it's to me, it's like saying Happy New Year after especially I, I feel like the last couple of years people have gotten over it a little bit and we're, and we're we're all more okay with christmas but for a while there it was one of those things where it was like oh, if you're wishing a merry christmas does that mean you're a white nationalist or something um and so new year's became something where it's like oh wait we can all say this to each other it's okay hopefully the chinese are okay with it but i think everyone's okay with it you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so to me like making fun of biden is like saying you know happy new year because it's like, we're all, okay, that's one we can all agree on. That's not necessarily political. Because if you say happy holidays, then are you avoiding saying Merry Christmas? 
you know, but like with Biden, with New Year's, all right, that's for everybody. See, that's what's so you know? scary about it is because, you know, Joe Biden's getting, uh, his mind is going, he's still president, but he could still lose the next election because right? of because it. No one can get him to not run. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. But I feel the, like there has to be some kind of plan unfolding and we're all supposed to think he's going to run, but then they're going to switch it out. In a way. I don't know. But like, you listen to I, Trump and he's just as bad. Like his mind is going too, but the problem is, like you said, his shit gets funnier. So you yeah. watch it, and you're, yeah. you laugh, and you're like, "Look at this fucking dude!" But there are people out there just like, "Yeah, let let's elect this fucking dude, and it'll happen. It'll happen, and it'll be four more years of me uh, sitting yeah. in my house going, "Oh my god, are Look, we all gonna die today?" And and this is why we need to write in my boy Kid Rock, okay? Kid Rock <laughs> is going to unite this country. Okay. He's going to go, look, Ba with a Ba 2028. Is that when it is? I don't isn't know. He, isn't he like already associated with Trump or whatever yeah. anyway? I don't think that's going to work for you. But I think it'll be great if we really do get a Biden-Trump rematch. I'm actually kind of hoping for that but now that RFK is running as an independent because I will vote for RFK for sure. I don't know if y'all have listened to him talk. I mean, I know there's been a lot of you know, I try not to, to make... listen to him talk. Oh, I know it's difficult to listen to his voice, although, you know, hey, I thought JFK Jr. was supposed to be coming back from the dead. Whatever happened, well, this with is that? pretty much him. This is, I mean, look, Bobby was an even better man than JFK. If anything, you know, JFK, I'm a little whatever, but but RFK's dad, Bobby, was amazing. And and Robert, that's the thing. It's like the, me the media has done such a good job that you guys all really do think that he's an anti-vaxxer and crazy and everything. Listen to literally any podcast of him talking for an hour yeah. or so, and you will be converted. Yeah. You know, read his book. I'm like, it's just one of those things of like, I can't believe you guys are still, what do you listen to NPR? Is right. that where you getting your news I mean, from? And, and he, he can't be an anti-vaxxer when COVID's not even real. <laughs> no, he's not. A, you can't be an anti-vaxxer when what you're saying is, hey, there are some things that they're adding to the vaccines that might be bad for people. Let's clean up yeah. the vaccines. I heard someone use the analogy of like, if you're saying, hey, we need to clean up the water in Flint, Michigan, that doesn't mean you're anti-water. Okay. So he's not an anti-vaxxer. He's concerned about some of the stuff that's in vaccines, but he's also really concerned about the medical malpractice that goes on because the pharmaceutical companies have bought and paid for just about every agency, every regulatory agency, um, all of the, you know, the governmental agencies that overlook that our healthcare in America and they, they exploit Africans and like use them as guinea pigs and they don't care what, the, I mean, it's, if you look into it, it's a hugely corrupt system, but they did this little nice trick where they knew that if they painted anyone as an anti-vaxxer because of Jenny McCarthy and the autism yeah. thing, if they just use that epithet on people that it could shut people up. It's the same way you know, then you can call people transphobic if they're worried about sports or prisons or whatever. And it's like, it's just become this thing to shut the, down the conversation. And that kind yeah. of stuff just needs to not be working on us anymore. Like, can we not see through this? Things are not these black and white things. If the corporate media is all saying something, you really might want to look well, into yeah. the opposite. I mean, the thing is, is if you actually sit and listen to the things he says, it makes sense. But with mm -hmm. the two-party system that we have, there, there's no way. I mean, if you just look at there, they are going to paint him in a picture that makes everybody look at him and go, oh, that guy's crazy. Yeah, like, but one, people are getting more and more tired of the two-party system, and we need to give up that cynical attitude. And two, Biden and Trump will be the worst. Nobody wants that. Nobody no. wants that. I mean, I know some <laughs> people want Trump, and some people plan on holding their nose for Biden, but nobody really wants that. And so this would be the best opportunity we've had in a long time for people to really get interested in independent. He's famous as fuck. Um, has the Kennedy name. Also, he's been doing the rounds of podcasts. He's been on Rogan. 
think, mm-hmm. hasn't he? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been on Rogan, right? Um, and so because of they, it's changing the landscape. The corporate media doesn't know what's going on anymore with social media and with podcasts. Like we can make this happen, but everyone has to give up this little defeatist attitude about well, independence will never win. Like yeah, they will. Let's vote. You know how yeah. many of us, 50% of people still don't vote. And if people don't want to vote third party, why don't we have another box at the bottom that just says none of the above? Right. Redo. Give us two new candidates. How about that? Like redo. That would be fun. Just keep yeah. hitting the refresh page. Yeah. Until yeah. New comes Better up. be a new name on here. It's like when that's you check in for your idea. paycheck, you just keep yeah. refreshing it. <laughs> no, I think that's not a bad idea, actually. If we could, you know, if you could actually get Congress to pass this shit. Yeah. Put in an option that says none of the above. And if a plurality of people vote for none of the above, then those two are out mm-hmm. and we got to get you got to get sent us two more nominees. If the Republican and national, you know, Republican and Democratic national parties are going to choose the candidates, then we should be able to turn down. But because if it's always lesser of the two evils and it's like, all right, no evil for us this year. Thanks. New, yeah. Wouldn't next. it be nice? Yeah. Like, that's the one thing I do actually admire the Trump people for is they believe in that guy. Like, I haven't mm-hmm. like believed in a, a political candidate it's always the lesser of two evils always. i don't know i think we all believed in obama for a hot minute there he just really let us down for about a year <laughs> yeah, it was like, there's, eh, there was no hope well he had two years of you know having a democratic republic uh congress and senate and everything and supreme court and couldn't and i think he really wanted to be like this moderate guy who tried to unite the country and i mean that's very sweet but so he wanted to, like, you know, not kind of bulldoze the Republicans with a bunch of stuff. And so instead, you know, he tried to be Mr. Moderate. But then as soon as the Republicans got power, it was just like they were like, OK, well, we'll never let you do anything again. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so between that and then also just business as usual, neolib, you know, geopolitics. No, there was not a lot, not a lot of hope and change, but yeah. Why are we talking I, about politics? I'm welcome to politics today <laughs> yeah. on Open Micers. <laughs> I feel like you guys really shot down Kid Rock too fast, but we'll just move on. <laughs> Not um, going to unite the country, man. <laughs> Kanye yeah. had more of a chance of uniting the country four years ago. That's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. It's just they, they both have bangers. They both have bangers. That's all I'm saying. Well, the last Kid Rock banger was a long time ago. It doesn't matter. Cowboy still bangs. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um. So we're we're in. Maybe Austin. he could be mayor of like governor of Mississippi. Maybe that's what Kid Rock oh, should be doing. We would love to have him as yeah. governor you know of Mississippi. What? Are you I guarantee me? you he would win with like ninety nine percent of the vote yeah. if he did that. Of course, and he might dude. I'm sure he'd probably do a better job than whoever's been doing it over there. Yeah, old Taylor. Oh, literally old Reeves. live in the worst state in the union, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We for Can sure you name do. a worst no, state? Yeah. We're number one in teen pregnancy now. Yeah. Well, see, everyone says this. Everyone has this misconception about us now because we used to be number one in in teen pregnancy. We used to be number one in STDs. We used to be number one in childhood obesity. And then apparently all those people just moved to Alabama because now they have all three of those things. Yeah, kind of Mississippi, Alabama goes back and forth. But at the same time, there are some good parts of Alabama, which I don't think there's – is there really any good part of Mississippi? No, but we (laughs) – I've never been to, like, the north, north Alabama, but, like – I know when you when you cross the state line, the roads like instantly get worse. Okay, interesting. So it's like, ugh. <laughs> I just it? don't think I've had a single positive experience in Mississippi. <laughs> Probably not. But d- come back. I'll show you around. Here on the coast, I will say, is like an oasis 
yeah. of Mississippi. Like, I'm actually going to be, be down here. Yeah, I'm actually going to be coming through in January just because I'm going to New Orleans. So, um, and I was going to maybe go to Pensacola for a second too. So I might hit you guys up about absolutely anything, anything yep. around there. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll do lunch. We'll we'll hang out. We'll show you the spots. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you about too. So you're in Austin. You've before the big Austin boom, before the post COVID boom, before Joe Rogan's club. I mean, you've established yourself on the Austin scene as one of the most prominent comics, one of the top in the area. So what is that like for you having been established there before all of this, when, you know, the clubs move in, the big podcasts move in, the the theater acts move in. I mean, it's pretty great. I was going to move away before the pandemic. Um, That was the plan because I just could not grow here anymore. And it was sad because I love Austin and I didn't want to move. And I really didn't want to go to L.A. or New York for various reasons. But I was going to. And then the pandemic put a halt on that. And then, you know, Rogan, the Creek and everything happened here. So and I was like, you know, thank God. And if you had told me, you know, four years ago that I would be like, thank you, Daddy Joe Rogan. <laughs> I would not have <laughs> believed you. But now I like his podcast. He's a great guy. I think, um, you know, some moral blind spots and stuff. But he's what, like a 55 year old dude. Like, of course, he does. Um, but a great guy in many ways. And um, yeah, no, for me, it's been, like I said, a dream come true. I mean, part of it is. I still did some comedy in 2020 when things opened back up in kind of May, um, you know, opened back up to an extent of like doing shows outside of Austin's, most of them outside. Um, and, you know, we had the we had the drive in shows, all kinds of things. But um, then for the first half of 2021, I went and did a van life thing, like not doing almost any comedy at all. I did like two things just one time in Savannah because I flew out there and then another time in like El Paso. But other than that, I took six months off and that was, you know, I'd never taken more than maybe a week off in the, the previous, whatever that is, seven years. And, um, and so when I got back, like the day I got back, my friend Colton Dowling called me up and, you know, he's, you know, someone who lived here before the pandemic and he was now co-running the Creek and the Cave Comedy Club. And he called me up and he was like, hey, do you want to do Big Jay Ogerson's What's Your Fucking Deal show at the Creek tonight? And I'm like, yep, I haven't done comedy in six months, basically, but yep. And, you know, because partly I had had a show, I've been doing a show for a long time. It's called Heckler's Wanted, where... I encourage the audience to heckle the comics and then I give out prizes to the funniest hecklers. Um, and even before that, I had I, I'd been doing that weekly for a long, I mean, one thing for a long time, but before that I had a weekly show where I would do all crowd work and then one week would be heckling and one week was all riffing and stuff. Um, so he knew that I had those skills. And so like, because of that, then Tim Dillon was on that show and you know, it's Zach Amico and Big J. Ogerson and I think Louis J. Gomez. Oh, and Tony Hinchcliffe showed up that night because he had just been canceled like a week ago with the pang dang thing. Mm -hmm. And so then he showed up and, you know, we made friends and, um, so it was just kind of great. Like, Oh, okay. I was a little nervous. Like, all right, I left the comedy scene and, you know, I don't know what's going on. There's all these new people moving to town right now. And I'm kind of letting myself get away from that. And, you know, maybe I should be there really making sure that I'm in and I am not losing, you know, everything that I've put all these years into, but no, no, no. Cause I knew all the good comics from, from the before times and they know me. And so, um, yeah, I just immediately kind of got into that thing and, you know, Rebecca who, who owns the Creek, she and I really get along. And so 
She's always had me on Skank Fest, and she's the one who gave me the opportunity to open for Louis at the Creek because he'd been doing theaters for a while, but then he wanted to do, he wanted to just start doing clubs to like strengthen his material. Um, and so he just asked her who he thought you know should feature for him, and and I did. And you know after a few shows, he asked me if I wanted to go on the road with him. So I got to go on the road with him to do theaters um, this past January. And so yeah, stuff like that. It's just like more and more things keep happening. And so for part of it is I always tell people, like, even if you don't perform at the mothership, which I do, but even if you don't, like still more and more people are interested in comedy here and more and more comics are coming to town all the time. More and more good comics are moving to town all the time. And not just, um, you know, Shane Gillis just moved here and I hear Whitney Cummings is going to. And of course, what's their faces? The married couple with the Your Mom's podcast. Um, Tom and Christina. Yeah, Tom and Christina. You know, not just those people, but people who are five, seven, 10, 12 years in who, mm. you know, have been in New York for a while or for wherever, you know, and like kind of all the best, everyone kind of knows like this is the best comedy scene now. And if you can get down here, the sooner you can get down here, the better if you're really talented and hardworking, you know, because a lot of people are not talented enough and it's like, don't, don't move here. <laughs> like, right. you don't need any more, you know, but if you're, if you are a real comic, then, you know, this is the best. And so it's so cool to now be in a place where, I can grow. Like I used to, you know, I go to New York all the time, partly because I wanted to grow. I wanted to keep up with the cultural conversation. I wanted to be inspired. I wanted to feel competitive. I wanted to, you know, watch people who were better than me. And now I get that in Austin. I didn't want to be. The problem with Austin is that I was at the top before. I don't want to be at the top, or at least not yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So no. now there are comics who are you know, ahead of me in this, you know, I get to watch, you know, Tim, when Tim Dillon's actually in town, I get to watch him. Um, and, and, you know, and Tony and, um, you know, Brian Simpson's here. He's amazing. So fun to watch. Um, you know, I don't know, even just the comics who are like at my level, like all of us who, like, I have a class of people now before it was really hard because, you know, in a smaller scene, you have to be friends with everybody kind of. And a lot of them, I didn't really want to be friends with. It's like I joke that like I used to have to be friends with losers, but it's like kind of and you want to do their show and all this. And now there's just a higher quality people. There's more people. Everyone can't know everybody, which is really nice, like kind of like knowing everybody. But at the same time, like you you don't need to know every show that's happening, you know? Um, yeah. And so now it's just having a peer group where like it's easier to book kick-ass shows. It's easier to really enjoy the show. It's easier to like, yeah, be learning and growing and, and having that competitive, that competitive edge, you know, situation there. So it's like, it's just the most amazing thing. Yeah. I I resonate with that so much because that's sort of like the situation that we're in in Mississippi right now, where there's like one or two people that's head and shoulders above literally everyone else. And it's like, well, we don't really have the means to move. What are we going to do about this? Like, we can't really produce many shows because there's not a lot of good comics here. So, like, I I definitely understand that, like, feeling. What city are y'all in? So, um, all of the cities down here are so close together and not mm -hmm. very big. So, it's sort of like the comedy happens in Ocean Springs and Biloxi and Gulfport. Like, it's not, okay. you know, not like one city because they're all, like, 20 minutes from each other. Are there any comedy clubs? No, our nearest comedy club's New Orleans, and that's owned by a rapist, so no one works there. Uh, I thought, okay, I thought he was accused of dating his students. 
So, uh, yeah, you could call it dating. He he was leveraging sex for like theater gigs. Oh, really interesting. Yeah, so we don't okay. uh, work with that man over there. So why don't y'all start? Do y'all have you'll have a you have shows that you run? You have like a room? Not currently, because there's a whole whole host of reasons for that. We won't get into on the on air. Well, because I feel like you should be doing something like the Jason P. Leonard model in Lafayette. Where Who? you what? Who? Jason, you know, you know I'm, Jason. I'm messing with you. Yeah, okay. Um, because you know, he's able to if you can bring in people yeah. who, you know, especially might not be that expensive, but are good comics. I mean, it's like, you know, who can then provide a good show and you can if you can do that at least regularly enough to get audiences really interested, then you get those contacts, people are coming in. I mean, if you literally can't leave, that's what you have to do. You yeah. have to become someone who really produces a good show because it's great yeah. for people like me who love like I could fly places more, but I love driving and mm. doing shows where it's comedy audience, you know, where it's like the comics and the people who love comedy come to those shows. It's so fun to do those shows. Um, and if you can pay them decently and some of it, you might need to just pay out of your own pockets even just to get the comics there so you can watch them. Because that way, if you can get people coming through often enough, and like I can send people your way who want to do stuff like that, um, I'll come your way. You know, well, if you do that, that me and, and Jacob have talked about and have been planning mm -hmm. to do is we got a lot of places here that we could do comedy at that are nice places that we could draw great crowds to. The problem is, is there uh, certain people here that have run comedy shows before, and not just one person, like several people that have run different comedy uh entities here that have burned mm -hmm. so many bridges that it's almost mm -hmm. impossible to get places to want to work with you doing comedy yikes that sucks i mean yeah I don't we're, know, we're but... definitely looking at that though that's my 2024 plan is to get a venue that's good enough to where i can kind of just go back through the podcast rolodex of like getting comics like really good comics to come here and headline and then you know once we start selling tickets it'll be the easiest thing ever to just kind of yeah. have our own scene yeah because i'm telling you especially now there's so many comics in austin and who you know are eager comics i you know can also we can have a little pipeline where i'll teach them how to tour in the in the southeast and y'all because y'all are a great little spot on there because mm -hmm. there's there's lafayette and New Orleans, and um, there's uh, what yeah, are we thinking? Lake Charles, Lake yeah, Charles, Lafayette, like, New Orleans. Yeah, all there's a that. little bit in Mobile. Yeah, see, everyone drives right through us, like yeah. Because I mean, I you know, I, I I know the guys that are that are doing this. They'll go, you know, Lafayette, Lake Charles, New Orleans, and then skip over us and go to Mobile, Pensacola. Well, when I talk to people about that, no one ever knows anybody in Mississippi who's doing anything. So no one even knows yeah. about y'all. Yeah. Y'all need to get your... there's like three comics in Mississippi. Right. <laughs> so they, they just don't know me. And, and you're that's, talking that's why they're two not. of them. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I'm they, happy they don't to make all the waves. I wish I had, I wish I had met y'all five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, no <laughs> but here we go. Well, we're getting right. close to the end of the episode. I did want to ask you about your time on Kill Tony. Um, how was that? You were one of the first local people to be a uh, guest panelist. Yeah, the first one because you know he. We were at Skankfest, I think the Skankfest in Houston in 2021, and talking in the green room, and you know he was asking me if I wanted to do, if you know to like 
you know, if I would, if I thought about doing it and I probably should have just gone on, you know, in the hat, he would have just, you know, put me on, but, um, but I didn't know. I was like, I, I hadn't really watched Kill Tony or like release. I didn't really know exactly what it was. I just knew it was this kind of open mic thing. And I knew it was this weird. And I just kind of felt like I'm not, a, I'm not a very quick joke kind of person. I mean, I do have some, and I could have just done that. It would have, I'm sure been fine. But I was just kind of like, I don't know if I want to stand in the thing and go into the, you know, I'd heard other people talk about it. And I know some people had bad experiences and so I was just like, I don't know, man, it seems kind of weird. And he was like, well, why don't you just come do my panel? I was like, oh, okay, that sounds fun. And so it was really fun. He was very kind to me. Um, it was cool. I mean, I thought it was, you know, I wasn't sure. He he told me very much before the show. He was like, you know, especially on your first time, like, don't feel like you need to be um, talking all the time. Like, you know, everyone walks away feeling like, that and don't worry about it just like you know she was very comforting about the whole process it was a little weird and maybe they fixed it because at the time when we were still the vulcan um the mic situation was like you had to we were sharing mics or i don't know what it was but it was like it was a weird thing to try to figure out when you should talk you had to kind of signal each other so i thought that was a little unnatural and so i do kind of wish i'd been able to feel a little more free but i mean i had a great time and um you know i did i they say not to read the comments, but I couldn't help myself. Like I wanted to go see what the comments were on in the YouTube and it was cracking me up because everyone, you know, all these guys are like trying to be funny mean in the comments and all they're like, Oh, look at that. They them vegan, which is like, like, I'm first of all, I'm not, you, you say them to me earlier, but I've, I've, I don't care about pronouns and I've, she, her is fine. Whatever. I mean, it's fine when people do use other pronouns because it's just, I don't think they matter. And I think language can be used fluidly, but, um, but I've never, you know, asked anyone to call me they, them, and I'm not a vegan, but I literally joke, like I have my opener jokes about, are about how I look like a they, them vegan. So, you know, it's like, you're not really bringing anything. It's kind of like calling me gay. It's like, yeah, I'm gay. You know, like that's, and so, um, and then the other thing is people kept saying that I look like Theo Vaughn, which I thought was, cute. I'm like, he's good looking. You're, it's like that kind of, like, like telling me like, like a boy. I'm like, I literally bring pictures of boys to the barbershop say this so i'm like i'm not that's what i'm going yeah. for you know i make a better looking boy than the rest of y'all so <laughs> it's not an insult you yeah. know there's a there's like a clip where david lucas was trying to roast me famously bad at roasting me and he you know said something about oh it's tony's sister or tony's brother and it's like yeah um yeah <laughs> that's not that's not an insult you know never right. read the comments ever no, I found it entertaining. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't bother me at all. It's like, it's yeah. a bunch of incels who are doing it. Like, it, the vibe that you get reading those is that these people legit must think that Tony reads those comments and yeah. that, like, they think they're going to get discovered as the, a great roast comic if they just keep hyping away their little misogynistic comments. That's, you that's see, kind Jacob, of the whole thing. it's never going to work. You keep doing it. Stop it, Jacob. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Those I will say, I, I made the mistake of like joining a, like a Kill Tony Facebook fan group. And oh, no. Like, I'm so on the brink of leaving it because it's, it's probably the most toxic fan base of all time. Yeah. His show, his show is very fun. I still don't really, you know, pay much attention to it, but I, you know, I really enjoy what he does. I think a lot of it is really fun. It can be very fun to be there live. But he also has a lot of really toxic fans and a lot of it is like they really like stuff that's bad and mean for its own sake. Like yeah. some of us like dark jokes 
because they're actually making fun of something else or because they're kind of light bringing light to something that is dark or whatever but you know if you just tell a joke that is racist it'll go really well like even if it's not really it has to still be funny but it's like mm-hmm. sometimes it can feel like it is actually coming from a bad place and it it'll still do well you know it's there's just yeah. a weird vibe to that it's not my favorite and also like some of the people that tony has elevated through that you know it's really cool it's really you know there's people with fucking diseases and shit and you know down syndrome and whatever who he gives this platform to and it's really cool to watch people be really supportive it's a very it's a, like a weirdly body positive kind of show in some ways like because we can make fun of everybody and it's everyone you know i don't know like it can there's some real positive aspects to it but then also some of the people that he's elevated should never have been given any elevation and are actually truly bad people and i have some insights into that now like and so it's kind of a bummer yeah. that like i just think i just don't think tony is a good person i'm not sure whether he's a bad person i've heard some rumors that i'm you know i'm i'm more weary of him than i used to be um but I, he's definitely not a good person he's chaotic neutral at best and so he doesn't seem to really care like it's all about the jokes for him it's all about the humor yeah. but he doesn't really care if like some of his comics are telling pro rape jokes or might actually be assaulting women stuff like that so i don't know the, t- the kill tony thing to me it's like one of those weird things credit wise where i'm like well depending on the audience do i want that credit because it's even the same thing with opening for louis ck for some people that's you know not the best credit but i just whenever people do say that credit the louis ck thing i always as soon as they get on stage i'm like i know you guys are you know, wondering about me opening for Louis. So I will just tell you four and a half inches. You know, that way we kind of... <laughs> That's right, hilarious. Up, really... <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I, I do enjoy the Kill Tony show, but I think that like specifically with his fans, they all think that if they were given a minute on Kill Tony, that they would be the ones that are like... I... Tony's- just met someone last night who's never done comedy and he said he's been writing for a year and he can't, he wants to go and kill Tony. I'm like, please go to some other open mics for a while and workshop this and become a better comic before you go. He's like, no, no, yeah. I want to be the first one. I'm like, don't do that. He told me it was like five jokes that, and they were all bad. And I'm yeah. like, no, no, those are yeah. not jokes. That's just a premise. That's not a joke. That's not going to work. That's not funny enough. That was a long setup for a tiny pun. Like, yes, the pun was racist, but it still wasn't good enough. You know, and I'm like, just yeah. don't do that. Like every single one of them think that like they're gonna go up there and like say a racial slur or like a stupid like a standing you know, ovation edgy joke and yeah and then Tony's gonna be like absolutely incredible when like in reality they're gonna be like every other open mic that's ever shit. on that show yeah yeah I mean they're gonna eat shit and then Tony's gonna roast them and then they're never gonna do comedy ever again and it sucks because it can be a really good thing if a if a good comic gets up there and yeah. does a good job. You can get a bunch of opportunities real quick and really get catapulted into the Austin comedy scene. You can get a bunch of followers. There are people like I, I've heard from the people. This is why I regret not just doing the bucket, because there are, I hear from people who've done that, that people are like reaching out to, be, to give them money just to be like, hey, can I support? I want to support you on your comedy thing. Can you give me money? And I'm like, uh, who wants to support me on my comedy <laughs> thing? I've been doing this for 10 years. Most of y'all have been getting all this shit for free or cheap and whatever. Like I need the fucking support. You know, I, I I quit my day job. Like, give me this fucking support, but I guess I need to use more racial slurs on popular <laughs> YouTube shows. That you was my it. problem. When I was on the panel, I should have used a racial slur at some point, and I wasted that you opportunity. It. It's the only way to kill Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Bunnum bumps.
the guy had a great story though. The guy I met last night, I really like wanted to encourage him to, to make sure he does a good job because he said he was gotten some kind of accident. He was bedridden for a long time or something. And he, he just started, he happened to, Oh, cause he started typing into the YouTube. Um, he, he started typing in like how to kill myself. And instead kill Tony came up and he wound up just watching that for hours and hours and hours. That's how he'd seen me and everything. And so I'm like, that's a great, and now he wants to do comedy. And I'm like, that's a great story to tell after your minute if the minute goes well yeah, otherwise right. it's just going to be this sad thing where you bomb your ass off they make fun of you they tell that story and they're like ah oh, that's sweet here have a little notebook you know right so, or either you tell that story and they're gonna be like oh you should have done it Here's you should have done notebook. it'll be that exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but all right we're coming up on the end of our time here um ariel thank you so much for coming on our show uh being the last guest of the year with us here would love to have you back anytime Tell everyone where they can find you on social media. What shows do you have coming up? Here's all your plugs. All right. Well, social media wise, I'm Ellen DeGenderless on Instagram and also on OnlyFans, which, you know, sounds like a funny thing, but they are the OnlyFans people are paying, you know, paying some of us now to like be comics on there. Um, So I put comedy stuff on there and it's free to subscribe. Some things you have to pay for it, but it's free to subscribe. A lot of content for free. Um, And then I have a podcast called Politically Non-Binary, which I just realized that might sound like I'm saying like, you know, people will talk about like being politically black or politically. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like, no, I mean, I'm my my politics are non-binary anyway. Um, And that I have people come on, guests come on and and confess a controversial opinion to me. And then we discuss it because pretty easy to have controversial opinions with and uh yeah those are the main things i think find my linkedin if you've got corporate events and you're listening to this open mic podcast yeah please i mean everyone knows that we are are the the funnel for for corporate events mm-hmm. looking out looking <laughs> for comedians well i'm gonna put um, all your links in the uh the show notes for when this drops so everybody awesome. go Thank follow go, go see her live whatever you need to do support because just oh, comedy, no job needs your needs your cold hard cash. You hear me? So well, I'm also comedians. consulting a a young a baby gay and how to date as a lesbian too. And I'm getting paid for that, so I guess I'm not just a comedian. I'm also a dating <laughs> consultant now. Oh, nice. Yeah. There you go, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Jacob, you got anything uh, anything planned for the new year? Not nothing that I want to announce right now. So we've we've got some stuff planned that we're going to be doing uh, over in Biloxi, probably at a casino. We're going to be doing something like that. Uh, can't officially announce it yet because we don't have an official date. But guys, now that this year has wrapped, you've seen the amount of talent that we've brought onto this podcast. You should get into our Patreon so that we're able to afford to do crazy challenges. We're able to do this for more of our time and get even better people on for as little as a dollar a month. So go to patreon.com backslash OM podcast, give us as little as a dollar a month and that helps support us. Give you some really great content. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything to plug right now either. I got nothing planned except for the show. We can't talk about yet, but when we do, we will let you all know. So go support us on Patreon. Other than that, we're going to get out of here. If you want to email us, email us at openmikerspodcast at gmail.com. Go to openmikers.com for our blog, blog, and all that other good stuff. Linktree slash openmikerspodcast takes you everywhere. You need to go all our socials, uh, give us money, PayPal, Cash App, Patreon, all that good stuff. 
So that's the end of the year. Happy New Year, everybody. We love you all, and we'll see you next week. That's Burp 2023. Let's go. Yeah. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.